0: had come to the palm trees and went out to meet him, crying out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the King of Israel. Change.
1: Sunday is today, we are, uh, I'm excited for this week, this is, you know, it seems like every year we probably say that this is the most holy week and and it is one of the most important of the holy week in Christianity, but I I don't, I think that we should be remembering Christ's sacrifice on the cross and his death and burial and resurrection a lot more than just one week a, a year. Um, I know we're going to focus on it this, this week, obviously, and we have a good Friday service coming up. We've got a busy week, which we're going to talk about um, today. But anyway, I, I'm glad you're here this morning to worship with us. I'm glad the ones are watching online, and we have some folks downstairs. So glad you're here today. Let's go, to Lord, in prayer, and then we'll get started today. Lord Jesus, we do thank you, Lord, just for the opportunity to come here today, Lord, and to worship you, to lift our voices in praise to you to worship you in giving today by the preaching and teaching of your word, Lord. And Lord, this is a very, very important uh, week and we do remember the sacrifice that you made for us on the cross and that you, you took our sins on yourself and you died for them and that you rose again defeating death. And so we glorify you for that. We worship you for that, Lord. And uh, Lord, I, I pray for our church this week and the things that we have going on, the endeavors that we're looking uh, to, to make in our local community, Lord. I'm thankful for uh, Brother Dixon being here today and, and joining us and, um, from Texas and his ministry, and, and we'll talk about that today. But, Lord, we just love you. Uh, we want to honor you with everything that we do today, Lord. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Take a couple minutes this morning and welcome everybody. to be. Worship team, All right, you may be seated this morning. Got a few announcements uh, to go over. Want to read a card here. Uh, it says, our family would like to thank Crossbridge for the love and hospitality shown to our family. Thank you for praying for Sam as he underwent knee surgery. Thank you for the ladies who made sure we had a wonderful meal when we returned home that evening, the Perkins family. And I think Sam's doing pretty good. I saw him flying up them stairs uh, outside getting into church, so he he had knee surgery like Savannah We got multiple knee surgeries running around here, but they're, they're doing good So uh, yeah, there's that one Busy week guys, busy, busy, busy week Let's start off with um, Tuesday night Tuesday night at the association office um, We're going to be holding a meeting If you know of somebody who goes to another church who cannot miss Wednesday night we're going, to, we're going to hold a meeting on Tuesday night at the association office. Uh, Brother Mark is here from Texas. He is from East Texas, Right to Life. Mark, you want to stand up so everybody can see you back there? All right. Um, we're going to be holding multiple meetings this week about uh, passing an ordinance here in Marshfield uh, against abortion. So... Mark is going to hold one on Tuesday and Wednesday. The one on Tuesday night is at the association office. It's going to be at 6.30. So if you know somebody who goes to another church, a pastor, an elder, a deacon, anybody who may be interested in receiving some information about this, uh, East Texas Right to Life has passed 22 ordinances now, 23 in Texas uh, by local city governments. We would be the first in Missouri. So we're going to be looking at that this week, asking questions, answering questions. The first meeting is Tuesday night at 6.30. The second meeting will be Wednesday night at 6.45 here at the church. So Wednesday night, um, the youth and children's department will have classes, but everybody else, the uh, adults, will all be upstairs uh, here uh, in the sanctuary to hear about that meeting. So get people here. If you know of somebody who... Uh, is in local government in, in one of our surrounding towns Fordland, Seymour, Diggins, Niangua If you know of somebody, get them here um, We, we want to be the first city, it doesn't matter, we may be the second We just want to start pushing this and looking at, at this And we'll, uh, we'll be getting a lot of information uh, this week on that Business meeting today, we're going to have a short business meeting right after the morning service We'll hand out the church financials and then we're going to look at getting new chairs for the sanctuary here. We'll also be talking about the possibility. I know the building committee is going to be meeting today. We're, we're going to probably be uh, also discussing the possibility that's happened of a building here in town that possibly is available for us to, to possibly purchase. It's in the beginning stages, but you'll want to stay for that information. It is massive. I think this building is about six or 7,000 square feet. The other one is 20,000 square feet. So you can look around and see we're out of room, which is a great problem to have. Um, so please stay for that. Then on Friday of this week, we have Good Friday services. That's going to start at 7 o'clock. We'll have uh, the worship team. I know we got a couple of people bringing some specials. Uh, and then after, we'll also take communion together. Then after the Good Friday service, uh, there's going to be an Easter egg hunt for the kids Glow in the dark, I think, is what this says. Glow in the dark for fifth grade and below. That will be Friday night. And then next Sunday is Easter morning. We've got a busy day planned for Easter morning. I'm excited about this. We're going to have sunrise service at 7 a.m. So you're going to have to get up really early, really early. Sunrise service at 7 a.m. While we're having sunrise service, the men of the church are going to be cooking breakfast downstairs. So after sunrise service, at 7.30, we're going to have breakfast downstairs, and then we'll have Sunday school at 9, worship service at 10. The following week, after that, associational Bible drill. I think we have four kids competing in associational Bible drill. We're going to do that during a Sunday morning worship. I'll also preach a sermon, uh, but, but we're going to show you what Bible drill looks like. If you've never been exposed to it or seen it, I encourage you to make sure you're here That Sunday. Also, that same day uh, is uh, Sunday, April 11th. Women's Sunday is lunch and a ministry rollout for 2021 immediately after the morning service that day. So, ladies, please stay for the ministry rollout for 2021 immediately after the service. And then also, April 18th is the Charleston Mission Trip meeting. It's going to be three o'clock at the association office. If you're planning on going to the mission trip, Josh said you have to be there. You need to be there that day because all the information is going to go out that day, right? Sunday, no, it's, not a, it's Sunday. Yes, yeah, Sunday, April 18th at 3 o'clock at the association office. Anybody else have any other announcements or anything that I forgot or didn't bring up? Forgot, didn't bring up, same thing. Yeah. Yes, life recovery on Friday. And also, big thank you yesterday, Mike Simons. Um, I was at home working on stuff with sermons, but Mike Simons and a bunch of guys were up here, and Alan, and they did a community outreach yesterday and fed a whole bunch of people, prayed with a whole bunch of people in our community. So, great job on that yesterday, fellas. Thank you. Great job. Anything else today? Okay, if you would stand, let's take up our morning offering today, and we're going to have our worship time before we jump into our scripture today. So let's go to the Lord in prayer before we take up our morning offering today. Lord Jesus, again, we just thank you, Lord, that we're here today, Lord, to worship you. And I thank you for all these announcements that I just had to go over, Lord, that we're, uh, we're going to be reaching our community. And we're going to try to make a difference, Lord, in your name, in our community, on some of these very important issues that... That, Lord, the church needs to be bold on and we need to talk about and we need to make stands for. And So, Lord, I thank you for the opportunities we have this week to celebrate your life and your your death and your resurrection, Lord. And we should be so thankful, Lord, uh, all of us, just thankful hearts. Lord, I'm looking forward to Friday and and celebrating uh, in reverence of what you did for us and taking communion, Lord. And so I just ask, Lord, that you will bless these events, uh, Lord. Let us as a church be able to reach people in our community Uh, Like this outreach yesterday And in one-on-one evangelism When we're talking to people Lord we have to share the truth Of who you are and what you did And so Lord I I pray for our members That they're doing that Lord as we take up our morning offering today Bless it Lord Use it to further your kingdom Let us use it wisely And and, uh, Lord we just love you We thank you for who you are It's in your name I pray Amen
0: Christine, me. Who spoke the word in fashion? Even things I cannot see, no man can understand. No one can comprehend. Oh, Your Majesty. by his grace and In- comes
1: job guys thank you I think that song more than maybe any other one that we sing you could just read the lyrics to that song and it shares the gospel with you that's what it does I love that song Uh, grade second grade and below can go downstairs to children's church if they would like to this morning who's got them Sierra Mitch oh Mitch Mitch Espy's got the kids oh have fun kiddos well, I'm on Mitch like a bunch of spider monkeys. <laughs> Turn to John chapter 12 today. John chapter 12. We got, we got a couple of scriptures I want to read uh, to you this morning as we're standing. John chapter 12 is the first one. We're going to read 12 through 15. John chapter 12, verses 12 through 15. says this. The next day, the large crowd had come to the feast, heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. So they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, saying, crying out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the king of Israel. And Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, just as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. And also turn to Matthew 21. We're going to read the other account in Matthew verses 1-11. through 11. Matthew 21, 1-11 says this, Now when they drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethage to the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord needs them, and he will send Most of the crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. And the crowds that went before him and that followed him were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna to the highest. And when he had entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred up, saying, Who is this? And the crowd said, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth of Galilee. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, again, we come to you this morning, Lord, and we're very thankful today, Lord, and... Lord, as we dig into your word here and, and we talk about just exactly how you entered Jerusalem and the people that were there, Lord, for Passover in the week before your death, Lord, we, we want to praise you and honor you today and, and sing to you Hosanna, just like they did. Lord, we love you. I pray this morning that if there's someone here, Lord, that has never believed on you, Lord, that your Holy Spirit will work in their heart today. They will understand they have a great need, and it's you. And Lord, they will, will get down on their knees and repent of their sins and profess you as their Lord today. Lord, for my brothers and sisters in here today, let us be encouraged. Let us worship you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So here, as we get started, um, this is kind of everybody says, and I would agree with, the most important week in Christianity. It is, it is the week that we're going to remember and celebrate the death and burial uh, of our Lord Jesus Christ. So in our passage today, uh, Jesus is now on his way into Jerusalem, and he is going to present himself as this Passover lamb. And he knows exactly what lies ahead for him. It's not, he's not surprised uh, by it, and, and there's tons of people there. By some figures, possibly 2 to 3 million people are in Jerusalem to celebrate uh, Passover. The the, the streets are crowded. There's people everywhere you look. And for the most part, up until this point, Jesus has kind of kept a low profile. I mean, he has performed some miracles and he's preached to some crowds. But this is definitely him coming into Jerusalem like this is no longer keeping a low profile. Uh, And it says what? That the streets are stirred up. And so he comes out here front and center and his disciples are announcing him as Messiah. And he is, things are moving along to his ultimate rejection by the religious leaders, putting the wheels in motion now this week for his ultimate sacrifice on the cross for our sins. And, and from this point on, and as you look even in scripture, and even this scene, you would think that he, he, he next in Matthew it says he clears the temple, you would think that there's a very chaotic scene here. I mean, later on in the week, the religious leaders are going to arrest him, and it just seems like there's a whole lot of chaos that's going on. But that's really not the case. Through this whole thing, Jesus is absolutely in control. He's absolutely guiding everything uh, into motion. And, 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 that, and I, let me say, though, today, even in a world that we live in, that things seem like they are totally chaotic, and there is just chaos everywhere you look, God is still in control. And he is on the throne. He is still on the throne. And and there there are many groups around the world, and we look at our world today, that want power and authority, and they want control. But this book tells us, and I'm going to share with you some verses before we get into our main part of our sermon, that Jesus is in control. Jesus is the one who places governments and authorities over us. He is the one. Romans 13.1 says, Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Later on in this, in this week of, of this Holy Week, Jesus even said to, to the Roman governor, Pilate, who was pretty much in charge of Jerusalem, he was in charge of this area, he says to him in John nineteen eleven, You have no authority over me unless it had been given you from above. So we see that even if we, we can look and think, boy, this whole thing is just a chaotic mess, It's not really. And just like we can look at our world and say, well, it's a chaotic mess, it's not really. Jesus is putting the things in place. We also see here that he wasn't some victim this week. He wasn't a victim or a martyr. What was he? He was a loving, sacrificial savior. John 10, 18 says, Jesus says, no one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own accord. I have the authority to lay it down, and I have the authority to take it up again. This charge I received from my father. So he's talking about his life. He laid it down on his own accord. So there wasn't chaos. It didn't surprise him that it was going to happen. Everything that is going to happen, everything that we see, there's been preparation. He has been prepared for this. This is why he was born all up until this point. So it's not a chaotic thing for Jesus. He absolutely was prepared. And we see that in Scripture. We see that in our verses this morning. That's the first thing I want to cover was the preparation here. All of his earthly life, he is preparing for the events that are going to happen this week. And it's evident that he is ready for this. And in fact, he is a fulfillment of prophecy, our verses say. Verse 14, if you go back uh, to John 12 or even in uh, Matthew there, I want to read verse uh, 14 again, Twelve fourteen. It says, And Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, Just as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming, setting on a donkey's colt. So it, 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 he references in verse 14, As it is written, where was that? In the Old Testament And then in verse 15 it tells us It's in Zechariah 9.9 Zechariah 9.9 says Rejoice greatly O daughter of Zion Shout aloud O daughter of Jerusalem Behold your king is coming to you Righteous and having salvation is he Humble and mounted on a donkey On a colt the foal of a donkey So when Jesus got up that morning he, he was looking into the, the mirror of prophecy, and he knew what was going to happen. That it had already been written about him, and, he, and, and that day, it was going to be fulfilled. He, it was all planned out. And so one of, the, one of the, uh, the biggest evidences that we have of Christ, that what he did was truthful, and that scripture is truthful, is all of the fulfilled prophecies about him. In fact, in the Old Testament, there's over 300. When Jesus came the first time, over 300 prophecies were fulfilled in the Old Testament that wrote about Jesus. That's man, that's awesome, and that's a huge example. That's a, a, kind of an apologetic side of we know we can know that Jesus is who He is, and that the Bible's true because they predicted all this stuff. And one of those is mentioned in Zechariah here, and this is just one more example. Of how the prophecies of Jesus are, are coming to earth were fulfilled. And here's the thing. I want to touch on this real quick. Because most of the time this week we focus on his death and his burial. We, brothers and sisters, we should focus on that. But we should also focus on that he's going to come back again. And there's prophecies about that. Here's a couple of them. And they're going to come true just as the old ones did. Turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, I want to read you 16 through 17, 16 and 17, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, it says, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, so we will always be with the Lord. Here's another one, Hebrews nine twenty-eight. So Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time, not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly awaiting for him. He's going to come again. There's prophecies that point that. He fulfilled it. He fulfilled a whole bunch of prophecies. And he fulfilled the one in Zechariah when he came into Jerusalem on a donkey. He's going to fulfill these two. John 14, 1-3 says, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. And I will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. So this week, let us also look forward to the day that our Lord Jesus comes back. He will set everything right. And and let us also labor like that is today. Let us labor like that is today is going to happen today. It makes me ask myself, I ask this question. If I knew, if I knew... That Jesus was coming back tonight. What would I do today? Man. What would I do today if I knew that Jesus was coming back tonight? He he was prepared for this whole thing. And and just like he says this. He's going to prepare a place for us. That preparation is happening. It is going to happen. We got to be ready for it. How are you ready for Christ to come back? To be in him. To profess him. To be in him. The second thing we see here, kind of hidden, not really hidden, but you gotta, you got to really look at this scripture when you're going through it back in John uh, chapter 12. But we see that he commands, he commands what? A donkey. He commands a donkey, and it shows us he is over creation. That he is over creation. In verse 14, if you remember back in the Old Testament, God used a donkey to speak. Anybody remember that story? He actually had a donkey speak in the Old Testament. If you don't know where it is, look it up. That's your homework today. But he allowed a donkey to speak, and he made another unlikely situation work out here that we see. People wouldn't just give their property away to someone they don't know for any good reason. That's exactly how he had this work out. In Mark's gospel, it says that this donkey had never been ridden before. Now, I don't know if you've been around animals or anything. I know Max has gone today. He's our our in-house resident vet. But you just don't jump on a horse or a donkey that's never been ridden before. It's not going to go well. I mean, it's going to be a wild, chaotic scene. It went perfectly fine for Jesus here. Why? Because he had it all prepared, and he has control over that. This donkey in this text is not tame. He had dominion. He was the creator He had dominion over this Turn to Matthew chapter 8 It all points to he was in control of this whole situation He knew what he was doing He was prepared, he had control Matthew 8, 23 through 27 Another example of this in scripture And I love this example Perfect example Matthew 8, 23 through 27 It says, and when he got into the boat His disciples followed him And behold, there arose a great storm on the sea, so that the boat was being swamped by the waves. But he was asleep. And they went and woke him, saying, Save us, Lord, we're perishing. And he said to them, Why are you afraid, O you of little faith? Then he rose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was great calm. And the men marveled, saying, What sort of man is this that even the winds and sea obey him? I don't know if you've ever been out on a lake, uh, when it's been really windy I've, I've went fishing a few times When it's really really windy And it is no fun Usually your trolling motor lasts about 5 minutes And you don't catch anything It's just no fun I have never As much as I would think it'd be pretty cool To be able to do that so we could fish I've never been able to calm the wind Why? Because I'm not God He did He calmed the waves It shows you the control and authority that he has. Only if you have dominion over nature, if you're the creator, would you be able to walk on water to calm a storm or heal with a a, a touch. Only if you're the creator, would you be able to send a fish to swallow up one of your prophets that wasn't doing what he was supposed to or send a fish with a coin in its mouth to help somebody pay their taxes you see, Jesus was in complete control of this whole thing. He had control over the donkey. He had control over the whole situation. There was preparation, and it had long been prepared was going to happen. It wasn't a chaotic, crazy mess. He was in control. He had authority. So now what do we see here in this parade? We see this. The, we call it the king's parade almost. We see, this, we see this parade come in. I don't know if you... Uh, if you, any of you guys have been watching the NCAA basketball tournament, but we always like filling out brackets in our house, and then we give each other a hard time on who's winning. I think I'm in last place on our right now. Yeah, the resident sports guy's in last place. It's been a rough year on brackets, but you see, like when teams come home for these big parades, like the Chiefs had one. A couple of years ago, I can't believe I just referenced them, but because I'm not a Chiefs fan, but I know. But they they had this huge parade, right? And people were out and they're they're flocking to him to, to see to see their team. They're yelling. It's exciting. And they make a big grand thing about this, about these parades and, and these this stuff. Well, Jesus here, I want you to notice what he comes in on. He's a fulfillment of pro, it's a fulfillment of prophecy, but he comes in humble. He's not in a gold-plated chariot with Ferrari on the side, right? Could he have been? Yeah, yeah. He's the king of the universe, right? He's the creator. He could have came in however he wanted. How did he come in? On a donkey, on a colt, which was a tradition for kings. I want to point that out. But the red carpet here is replaced with what? Branches from trees and people shed their clothing, now, and this is a big deal. I mean, this was a big deal. But there's also people in the crowd, I guarantee you, that are looking at this going, what are they doing? What kind of king is this? And they probably watched it go by and didn't pay attention to it. What well, did say the whole city was kind of in, in an uproar. The city was, everybody knew what was going on, right? But there were some people that we see towards the end of the week, especially that didn't want to have anything to do with this guy, Jesus. And in fact, our verses in Matthew, they said, Who is this man? Someone would they say? He's a prophet. They didn't say he's God. They didn't say he was the Messiah. They claimed him to be the prophet. But then, if you think about it, think about the other people that could have been in that crowd that day, that Jesus had radically changed their life, having a, having a relationship with them. I think about some of these men. I wrote them down. And ladies, Luke chapter 19 with Zacchaeus. Think about Zacchaeus being in that crowd. And think about what he would tell people. That he used to be a dishonest, materialistic, tax collector and thief. But not anymore. Because that guy on the donkey changed me. He changed me. You think about Mark chapter 10. Blind Bartimaeus. Where he could say, I was once what... Was blind, but now I see. Or think of John chapter 11 and Lazarus. He could literally say, Well, I was dead, and that guy brought me back. Which brings me to the point could you say that you were dead and Christ brought you back? I hope so. Mary Magdalene, she could say, I was filthy. He made me pure. In Mark chapter 5, the maniac of Gadara, he could have been there. He's a different guy now. Different guy. Crowd probably still thinks he's crazy to follow this guy, but he knew that Jesus had changed him, saved him, had removed those demons from him. Think about all the beggars and harlots, the outcasts who could have been there watching him march along this route singing his praises singing his praises while you have the crowd other parts of the crowd making fun of him laughing laughing at him it's it's we know that our world today still laughs that's okay we know as brothers and sisters that he has changed us can can we say that i was a blind lost Beggar and he saved me Like Paul says in Scripture I don't want to be ashamed of the Gospel of Christ you know that Kind of ties in a little bit To this week it really does And everything that we have going on This week I want to tell you I just want to warn you You know, Mark's here this morning I've, we've, Me and Josh have been talking to him uh, On the phone over the last couple of weeks And be ready For what's going to come when you Start making a stand like we're going to make in our community. You have to be ready. You better be ready for people to say, I can't believe you go to Crossbridge Baptist Church. I can't believe that you would make a stand for that. We have to be ready for that. And you know what we have to say? Our attitude has to be of one of like Paul that says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I'm not ashamed of this word. And there were people in that crowd that day that would say that about Jesus. Jesus came with a humble attitude. He came humble. It's the same way that we have to come to Christ. We have to humble ourselves. James 4.10 says, Humble yourself before the Lord and he will exalt you. Humble yourself and he will exalt you. One of my favorite passages in scripture is in Luke chapter 18. I want to read it to you. Luke chapter 18 verses 9 through 14. It's this attitude of humbleness before God It says this He also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves That they were righteous and treated others with contempt Two men went up into the temple to pray One a Pharisee, the other a tax collector The Pharisee standing by himself prayed Thus God, I thank you that I'm not like other men extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift his eyes up to heaven, but beat his breast saying, God be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you this, this man went to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted He uses this word in this passage of justified. That means to be made right with God. This is salvation. When we come to him broken and humbled by our sins, he forgives us. Jesus shows us an example of humbleness coming into Jerusalem. Next thing here that we see, and I appreciate, I'm glad you guys sang the song, wherever Wes is at back there. Thank you guys for singing the song Hosanna. Because we see this in scripture. What does that mean? It means Lord save us now. Jesus is the Messiah. Now, a lot of them, and this is what we have to understand also, a lot of them didn't were not, they weren't looking to Jesus for a Messiah because of their sins. They were looking to be saved from the Romans. Well, Lord save us. When we say Lord save us, Hosanna, we should be recognizing his messiahship, that he is the Messiah. That He is the King of our life, the Lord of our life, our Lord and our Savior. And it brings up a question, is He your Lord and Savior? To some of those people there that I just mentioned, like Zacchaeus that could have been there, Lazarus, Mary Magdalene, He was their Lord and Savior. Is He yours? A lot of those people weren't dedicated followers. A lot of people in the crowd were very fickle that day. Followers that one day would yell, Hosanna... And at the end of the week, when they were persuaded by some religious leaders, they were cheering on for his crucifixion. It brings me to a tough question this morning. Do you cheer Jesus one day in your life, and next day, the next day you scream for his crucifixion? Now, will you say, what do you mean by that? How would you scream for Jesus' crucifixion? How, how, what does that mean? This is an example. God, I don't want you in my life. God, leave me alone. I don't want you to take over my marriage. I don't want you to take over my finances. I don't want you to dictate how I spend my money. I'll decide, God, what I'll do with my time. You live a different way through the week that you do on Sunday. But then when it, Sunday's here, it's, Oh, how I love Jesus. And we sing those songs. My question, we look at this, Jesus coming in humble, triumphant as the Messiah. It, it begs a question, where do you stand on this this morning? Is he your Lord and your Savior? Someone that you're looking forward to worshiping every day of your life. Someone that has taken over your life. He comes in as the King, but he's, is he the King of your life? Is he your Lord and your Savior? Where do you stand on that this morning? You know, if you think of the crowd, I say this often. Don't worry about what the crowd says. Remember, the crowd is usually wrong. It's usually wrong. Keep following Christ. Even, listen, we may be... I want to bring this into the context of what we got going on this week. Even if we're the only church in this town that says... We should bring righteousness and justice to the city. If we're the only church that stands up for what's right, and we're by ourselves, are we willing to do that? Are you willing to stand up for Christ at home, in your school, at work? You know, crowds, they're fickle. One minute, they'll proclaim you a hero, and the next minute, you're a zero. But you know... Where we have to find our worth Jesus wasn't lifted up with pride in this reception uh, That he got And and nor was he angered later on By the deception And by them yelling for him to be crucified He knew what was going to happen He was in complete control In fact what did he say on the cross Father forgive him He knew what was going to happen Jesus went from this hero on Palm Sunday To in some people's mind A zero A zero The next week, just a criminal crucified. We know that that's not the case. We know that. I tell my kids all the time, I want to close with this. I tell my kids this all the time not to look for their worth in clothes, in makeup, in teenage boys. Find your worth in what Christ did for you on the cross, find your worth in that. Don't try to don't try to find your worth in something of the world. Find your worth in what Christ did for you on the cross. Be obedient to him. Last set of verses in Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 8. It says this, have this mind among yourselves which is yours in Christ Jesus who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptying himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. He was obedient. He he didn't have to come into Jerusalem. He didn't have to. At any time, he could say, yeah, these people ain't worth it. He did that because he loved us. That was God's plan. He was being obedient. i want to close here on this. I'm going to ask our worship team to come. There was preparation here. Jesus had fulfilled prophecies. He was in control. He was in control of the whole thing. He's in control today. But is he in control of your life? Have you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ? This, this parade, Jesus came in humble on a colt. We today must come in humble, broken because of our sin. When we do that, he will exalt us. And scripture says that we'll be justified. What about my own life? Am I one day singing, how oh, how I love Jesus, and the next screaming for the, his crucifixion in my life? If I'm doing that, if that's me, I need to get right with God. I need to repent of my sin and turn to him. And and finally, we need to pray this morning. We need to pray for this week. We need to pray for the endeavors we're going to be getting into in our city by making a stand for what's right. We need to pray about that. We need to be in constant prayer about that. We need to be in prayer for a lost and dying world. We get to celebrate, brothers and sisters, Easter, because we know how important it is. Without Good Friday, we can't be made right in God's eyes. Without his death on the cross, without his resurrection, we would not have eternal life. We can celebrate that this week and remember it. We also need to share it with the lost and dying world. It all starts right here this week with him coming in, and next week culminates with his death, burial, and resurrection. I'm going to ask you to stand this morning. If you need to come, you can come today. I can pray with you. If you need to pray by yourself, you can do that. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you this morning, Lord, for who you are. I thank you for your word today. Lord, I thank you for your obedience your obedientness to, to the Father and, and your preparation that you had all this planned out. It wasn't a chaotic scene. You did it for us because you loved us and you knew there was no other way for us to be made right. Lord, I thank you for that. I worship you for that. If there's people here today, Lord, that they've never been made right, you've never been cleansed by you, Lord, I pray for them. I pray that your Holy Spirit will burden them, Lord. Lord, I pray for your return. Our world is crazy, it's sinful. We're living in 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 a world, Lord, that you know right now is probably more sinful in our country than it ever has been. I pray for your return to make it all right. And that we could spend an eternity with you in heaven. Wow, awesome that's going to be. Lord, we love you. We worship you today. And we thank you. It's in your name I pray. You see. This is a uh, this is one of those weeks out of the year that we get. You guys know what I mean. CEOs are Christmas, Easter only. This is a time where you can get some people to come and hear the message of Jesus Christ. And so I encourage you this week to reach out, have some conversations with some coworkers, some family who you know don't worship our Savior. On a weekly basis Invite them Invite them Friday night Invite them Friday night uh, To come to the Good Friday service Uh, Obviously every time we take the pulpit um, We want to share the gospel right? So invite them uh, Invite somebody to come next week For Easter service We're going to share the gospel again Um, It's an important week It's a week that people will Christ Uh, And the kingdom So I encourage you to do that Here's our benediction today It's Ephesians 1-2 It says grace to you and peace from God our Father And the Lord That's my prayer today uh, For you That you go in peace And in his grace And you talk to people Talk to your families about this week Um, We're going to have an Easter egg hunt on Friday and, and it's going to be fun for the kids, but on the scale of importance, I want you to know that's at the very absolute bottom of what we're going to do this week. Um, we, I love uh, Easter egg hunts and all that, that's fine, but Christ and His cross is what we're going to be talking about this week. I want you to pray uh, for our meetings that we have this week, I want you to pray for Mark as him and his organization is researching the town, and um, I want you to pray about that. We're going to be, personally, I'm going to be talking to some aldermen and uh, school board candidates uh, on Monday night here at the church, You're feel free to come to that, or you can watch online. Um, we're, We're trying to, I guess our goal of our church is to make a difference in our community. It is absolutely to make a difference in our community, to advance Christianity, to advance biblical, godly values and principles in our families, in our homes, and in our community. That's our goal. Uh, as, as you've seen in our country And I'm not going to preach another sermon But as you see in our country There's going to be a lot of resistance to that A lot of resistance So I, I ask you pray for the church um, And pray uh, for each other Pray for our leaders And um, be ready to stand on the truth Even when people give you a hard time for it Or um, I don't know The cancel culture Be ready to be canceled okay? And it's okay if you are I'm ready to be canceled too So let's stand on the truth. I love you guys. Let's close in prayer this morning. Uh, I'm going to ask Mike Simons. He led our outreach yesterday. Would you close us in prayer?